Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the very cool Alex Longman. Essex boy Alex, nice one, brother, arrived in Phuket permanently two years ago after living in Asia for the past 20 years. Alex talks about starting out on the trading floors of London to now how he can save your wine, but also get you out on the water to enjoy it. Alex is a top geezer. He's one of the boys. He's a diamond mate, proper diamond. And if you're a bit mustard about saving your wine, then make sure you have a little listen. You know what I mean, sweetheart? Nice one, brother. I like Alex. Super cool guy. And he's from down my way. You know what I mean? Nice one. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, mate. It's not about you, Russell. I feel like we start with this every week. It's about our lovely, gorgeous guest. Who can't, can't, oh, can't make oh, it today? Oh, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Alex Longman. Yes. Hello and welcome. <laughs> welcome. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you for being here. Um, same question we ask everyone. When did you get to Phuket? Permanently. Well, actually, permanently only 12 months ago, but been living here for two years other than getting locked out in um, when the airport closed down March last year for six months, but on and off for backwards and forwards for 20 odd years. Okay, so when was the wow. first time that you came here? About 20 years ago. Same, same about 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you very much for <laughs> So where were you, what, what was bringing you back and forth to Phuket? I'm assuming you were living in Asia then. So yeah, I was living in Singapore. I moved, in, moved to Singapore in 98. And then basically realised that the commute every weekend backwards and forwards to either Bali or Phuket was doable and slowly ended up just doing the, the, the plane taxi backwards and forwards from Singapore to Phuket every weekend. And why did you go to Singapore? So originally coming from London, I was, um, I was one of those obnoxious, loud, screaming in the trading floor with the funny coloured ice cream jackets on, shouting and screaming, standing at a a group of 800 people and whoever could shout and add up the loudest was the winner every day. Uh, that all slowly got taken over by the Germans and went electronic, <laughs> as does everything. Um, so then it was basically where can I go and where can I carry on trading? So it was either Singapore or, or Chicago. And I don't like the cold weather, so I, I basically got say. on a plane and <laughs> said to my mum and dad, I'm going over to Singapore for a couple of weeks, taking a few exams, seeing what it's like, and I'll be back. Uh, took all the exams, passed all of them, decided I'm going to go and work on the trading floor in Singapore and um, two months back in the UK and then that was it, 23 years ago. Blimey. Whereabouts in, you said you're not from London, no? Essex boy, I Whereabouts in Essex? Chigwell. Chigwell. Birds of a feather. Absolutely. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> so then we can talk, so, because it's interesting because a lot of my mates, I've been Fleet South End boy. Right, okay. So a lot of my mates all worked. Oh, full on, yeah, all of you. <laughs> well, well, not all. <laughs> well, but 
this is the thing when, when we were growing up when you got to 16 it was like right do you go and do A levels or do you go and work in the city that was kind that was yeah. your option. just had this conversation my oldest one like half an hour ago oh really and what did they choose so it was right well when we were when we were leaving school or when we were thinking of leaving school you either A carry on and go and do A levels or you go to college or you sit there on a typewriter, which most people probably don't understand what it is. It's the thing with your fingers that you press yeah. and it flicks up and prints letters. And you write 100 and 150 letters to all the different people you want to try and get a job with as to why they want to employ you and why they should employ you. No, that was the way to do it. I remember writing out, it wasn't it, that you used to have to write out hand little letters as well. Dear sir, yeah. please employ me. I've just done really crap at GCSEs. Correct. Can I come and work in the city, please? Did you write a letter that was like, dear sir... No. Please um, employ me. Dear Sir Stroke, Mad, mad Man versus Madame, I think was the first <laughs> yeah, mistake yeah, you ever yeah, made. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Being no, dyslexic, really, please then poly me. <laughs> but I remember because I left, I did one year of A-levels, and this isn't about me, it should be about you. But I no, left, tell us about you, Jay. Yeah, about me. I left my year of A-levels after getting kicked out. And I, I took a job. left? Well, I was asked <laughs> to leave. I took a job up the city doing um, YT travel agent, which was like £35 the YTS a week. Thing. Yeah, but yeah. it was £35 a week, and I had to get from Southend into London. I got my first fake ID from the YTS. It was in Hoban or Covent Garden, wasn't it? And you could, you could pretend what your age was so you could get into the nightclubs in Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> Trading is a crazy, crazy business, but it can be very lucrative it. as well. But what was it like going into the trading floor in London when you first did it? When I first did it, yeah, you just got to take a huge amount of abuse and just swallow it up and become a man and carry on and, and just rock up the next day. Every day is a different day. So you just come in and you deal with that day and then you leave and you walk in the following day. What's the process going from day one on the trading floor before that in terms of like your training, getting ready? This is what you've got to do, learning the process about what... I, I'm at the faintest fucking idea what these guys are doing on the floor. I've got no idea. Simply what nobody actually understands anymore is you've just got to be the dog's body. You know, if somebody wants a cup of coffee, you go and get a cup of coffee. If somebody wants you to go and do this, you go and... You work literally from the... Not the bottom of the ladder, but like the rubber Under bungs the at the very bottom of the ladder <laughs> to get onto the first rung, and then you slowly work your way up. But in terms of the learning process, so you, you actually know what you're talking... Well, I'd like to think... Or, you know what you're I'm talking still about. not sure I know anything about it now, but you right. know, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you, you you learn. There's a process, and you go through a learning you go through a learning curve, and you get taught by somebody else, and you have a semi mentor that teaches you through as much as they um, beat the crap out of you. But you you know you learn quickly, and you get on the ladder, and you you get going and build yourself up. Was it? I guess what I'm trying to get at was it structured? It sounds to me like it wasn't very structured. It was just like it was nothing learning like today's on the, day. Yeah. Correct. You're learning on the job, just learning as you go. Correct. The guy oh. above you beat the crap out of you, but you learn from him as well, and you also move up. Sort of oh, none of, none of this whole like US structured. You know, understanding how this pro go and do this course and go. Yes. And do yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's like you're in the deep end, and you either sink or swim. And if you sort of semi float first week, then you're going to be all right. Right. Okay. Gotcha. So the only thing that I remember of trading, for, apart from my mates who worked in the city, because as soon as that happened, I left and went overseas. But then Nick Leeson was the first time I really Played heard. pool with him. Did you? I, I knew Nick Leeson. Was it your fault? It wasn't my fault. Did you really know him? I, not, as, not like I know you, not as some best buddies, but we used to go to the same pub and play pool. Oh, there you go. All right, yeah. There we go. So I switched in Singapore just as he went inside, I came in. <laughs> so you did well then yeah <laughs> well it just means the exams and the compliance was like three times the amount after he handed us that gift to everybody yeah yeah <laughs> so 
What age did you move to Singapore? Just trying to work out how old you 20, are now. 20, oh God, 22, maybe 23. So that must have been a hell of an experience going, because uh, at that time... Was that, your first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that your first foray into Asia or first foray? Your first foray into Asia, yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd done two weeks on holiday in Mallorca with my mum and dad when I was about 13. <laughs> okay. Other than that, yeah. And how was that? Like, yeah, that was oh, cracking, cracking. Yeah. <laughs> Mum hated the heat, and um, yeah, all ended up with a big family boot off, and we all came back home again. But, oh, but Singapore, as a 22-year-old, on Amazing. the trading floor, earning a, probably a nice wedge at that time-ish, but probably more than you would have done at 18, 19. Uh, well, yeah, but maybe. I mean, not a cheap place to live <laughs> either, though. Then it was. That's true, actually. Yeah. So then, if you think about back in, back in 98, 99, oh, you, you're going to love this story. So... If you, anyone that's been to Singapore since, it's nothing like what it used to be in 98. I mean, before, there was only three places to go. Uh, you'd be able to stay out till 2 o'clock in the morning, and that was a cut-off time. You go out drinking Fire. in the afternoon. Top it 10. was Yeah. In the afternoon, basically, it was Harry's Bar and Penny Black in Boat Quay. Everything else was shop houses or furniture yeah. stores or anything else, which now are all clubs and bars and everything. Yeah. Um, I used to trade Nikkei, so I'd go into work at 7 o'clock in the morning. Was following, she good? Or? Following, <laughs> she was all right. Yeah, yeah, not checking. too bad. She, she finished quite early. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so every day, 2.25 she used to finish, which meant I used to be able to get down to the pub and have a couple and um, yeah, before anyone else finished. But it was literally a community of probably 20 or 30 people that were all in trading of some sort, broken or trading. And then there was the 20 or 30 teachers who would never go out Monday to Thursday, then Friday it was a shit yeah, fire, so who can get the first beer in on yeah. the Harry's Bar, because you know because all the teachers got their day out. So Harry's Bar is still there, because I've been to Harry's Bar, I think. Harry's Bar is still there, yeah. yeah. When, what years were you in Singapore, Russell? No, 1990 to 94. Oh, wow, yeah. right, okay. Before was, me then, you even you know it better than I do. Yeah, I was at school, so I finished my school <laughs> in there. <laughs> but You're I making but you feel old, Russ. Yeah, but I still know all the places that you were going. <laughs> Madame Wong's. Yes. There's Mohammed Sultan oh, Road, the towers, and um, and Mahmoud, that Kibbe, was next page and next page, next page and front page. Yeah. Mohammed oh, Sultan Road. You two reminiscing about yeah, your times. Yeah, top yeah, ten, yeah. and Orchard Towers. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. no, I couldn't say anything about that. <laughs> Never heard of the place. The four floors, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving Me, on. The four swift- floors. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on swiftly. So Singapore, and then. But you were single at the time, I'm assuming, and just yes. young, free, and single. Loving life. life. Single. Singapore, then. Um, then the floor then closed again. So when the, when the open outcry trading floor closed in London, I moved to Singapore. Then Singapore lasted till 2002. And why is it? Sorry, you, you, why, why is it closed? closed? All yeah. electronic. It just goes electronic. They don't need they don't need jobs like me shouting and screaming. Computers can do better things, and it's faster and quicker and cheaper. But just going back on the floor when it is, everyone's just screaming and shouting. Yeah. What, what is, are you shouting what, at? What is going on? Mm. If you can explain it in a in a My, nutshell. Layman's terms, right, okay, so the cup of coffee up there is, cup of coffee is 100 baht. Yes. In so bank, if all of a sudden, if all of a sudden we're buying, a, we're all buying a cup of coffee at 100 baht, then the person that wants to sell it suddenly decides, well, you all want to buy it, so now it's 120 baht. So then you buy it again because it's 120, because you want that cup of coffee, and they're like, right, well, the, de- the supply and demand's there, so, okay, well, I'll sell it at 140 baht to the point where you don't want to, you don't want to pay it anymore. Yep. Then all of a sudden, it's like, well, how much do you want to pay for it? Then all of a sudden, they all come in and start selling you the cup of coffee again. So it's just, basically, it's just dynamics of supply and demand. demand. How much you want to pay for something, how much you want to sell it for. Because the only thing I really know about trading is everything I learned about trading places. Well, that's the trading floor, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's a great film. Orange juice. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no I'm just... Orange juice, yeah. yeah. Milk. 
Everything. Everything's tradable. Pork belly, which is used to make bacon, which you might pork, find in a bacon, bellies. lettuce, and tomato sandwich. <laughs> All right, Russell, just quoting Phil's. <laughs> but I still don't quote. understand... Coffee was one of the first exchange... One of the first yeah, coffee. Coffee. Who is, so, the, so you've got people that are selling coffee. Yeah. And they're saying, right, we're going to sell it 100 bar. And then they're, they're watching, are they? Yeah. And seeing that everyone... Oh, look, everyone loves coffee. Right, now we'll put them... So if you imagine we had 100 people in here right now and there's one person behind the counter and those people are supplying the coffee beans and you're here wanting to buy the coffee beans, there's a price at what's balances. And it goes up and down depending on how many buyers and how many sellers. Okay, so as soon as coffee lady says, no, I'm going to sell it for 150, Russ and I go, oh, hello, that's We're a tapping steep. out. Yeah. We're going to head out. T-Rex and then arms, the numbers... Yeah, not put my hands in my pocket for that one. T-Rex and then all of a sudden, arms. Is it that... starts coming back oh, out again. Oh, that's a trader quote. T-Rex arms, I like it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's trading 101, trading for dummies, done. Done, excellent, Great. nice. Easy, piece of piss. So then what happened? So the Singapore floor closed. So that all went electronic again. So then basically I moved to Japan. Obviously, because that would be the next Because that was move. the next, yeah. Next, but then I'm, I, I, I went from living in Singapore for just over four, four and a half years 30, 30 odd degrees every single day, 35 degrees every day. Right, transferred a job up to Japan, moved to Tokyo in January <laughs> with a Baltic. short sleeve shirt on and a pair of chinos, like minus 10 degrees. <laughs> uh, first stop, right, the winter, winter shop, get a puffer jacket, right, I'm off. And then did, did get three. A puffer jacket. Did, That's oh, of course, I'm from Essex. Essex, I'm from Essex. Yeah. So of course, I have a puffer jacket. I had a puffer jacket, they were awesome. <laughs> Mine was so cool. I loved my puffer jacket. Oh, I miss it. So then, yeah, did, did Japan for four years. Lived in Tokyo. That was a pretty amazing place. Very nice experience. Very different it. from Singapore, I'd imagine. Completely different. But at the time, before the World Cup started, there was nothing in English. Oh, that was 2002, wasn't it? Absolutely nothing in English at all. Every fifth train station. It took me an hour and a half to get out of the train station on my first day of arriving. I couldn't find the exit. <laughs> and then, the, um, and then, then when I got paid, Citibank was the only bank you could actually, any, any foreign bank that you could understand. This is a great story, this one. So I was living right opposite the office then. The first time I'd ever worked in an office, living in Japan where no one spoke any English, I was like completely out of water. I mean, I knew nothing about anything. Of course, I'm, on the, I'm in the office and I'm shouting and screaming on the phone, which I'm used to on the floor, and I had compliance come out like, you can't work like this. You know, we, if you can't calm down and just sit down in your chair and stop <laughs> shouting, this is not going to work for us. You know, you just got to... And everybody else is, you know, the whole Japanese head wobble, <laughs> keep quiet and <laughs> wait for the boss Essex to leave. boy in a Japanese oh, culture. It was just, yeah. so Working so in an office first time, doesn't speak English, coming off of a trading floor. And then I, then I get paid, my first page check. I got my, my Citibank ATM card and I go over to the, the, the um, Pororoco supermarket that's got the ATM machine, put the card in, all in Japanese. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how, how do I draw any money out? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I've got no idea. Anyway, this... this this English guy or Aussie guy behind me says, uh, do you need some help with this? You've never used an ATM here before, have you? I said, no, I haven't. <laughs> he goes, right, well, all you've got to remember is the redraw symbol in Japanese, which is the same in Chinese, is basically it's it's a line down with two L shapes at the bottom, two L shapes in the middle, which is basically a... I'm a, fairly confident. A that, woman that, with yeah, yeah. legs open, <laughs> which basically means withdraw. So ever, ever since, <laughs> I, I've got my first katakana symbol I know, which is a, basically a woman with arms and legs open, which means withdraw. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> if, only, if only that could have come out. Yeah, anyway. I could draw it. You, yeah, can yeah. Put it. you can put it on the picture at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and 
So what you're saying is you blended into the Tokyo lifestyle as, seamlessly. As best I could, yeah. yeah. But my God, it's expensive. Coming from Singapore to there, you know, 100 US to jump in a taxi just up the road. It was oh, crazy, okay. absolutely crazy. And you still single at this time? No, no. Oh, now, no. I've got a whole netball team and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think one of the questions you, you mentioned earlier, oh, what are you currently doing in Phuket? Was gonna, my answer was going to be um, managing a netball team. I've got four girls from 18 down to two. Which is basically a full time job. Tell you what, boy. It was. I've had to sleep now, I'm done. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a complete jaffer. (laughs) Get that or not? I do, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Great. I'm trying to fit in a jaffa cake joke, but probably thought it was inappropriate. Hmm. Is it a cake or a biscuit? I'll go cake. Hmm. Only because it says it on the fucking box. That's very true. Very true. (laughs) So, by that, so Japanese time, Japanese time. By the time you got to Japan, you were. No, no, no. I was. Um, it happened in Japan. You acquired a netball team in Japan. in Japan. Yes, Singaporean, but happened in Japan. first harvest. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the eighteen-year-old comes from. The, the ten, three, and two is um, from here. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so she's sorry. She's from Singapore. The eighteen-year-old or the no, ex? The what? The ex. The ex. Singaporean. Yeah. She's right. Okay. Singaporean, yeah. okay. Gotcha. But you met in Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo, stroke Singapore, backwards and forwards a couple of times. Yeah, was she, was she was stewardess on the airline. Over, yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after Japan, Hong Kong, still in the the trading. Still, still yes, yeah, so I moved the business down uh, to Hong Kong, trading in Hong Kong. Did four years in Hong Kong. Your business, or moved with the? No, this was with a bank. Yeah, okay. the European bank. Yeah. And how was the experience in Hong Kong? I hate Hong Kong. I have to say. Really? Yeah, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. It's too city-fied. Very much too city-fied, and I'm not keen on the culture, if I was going to be very it's honest. Fast. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking fast. It's fast. Fast, greedy. Yep. Quick. It doesn't, do, it doesn't work with me. How did you find it going, comparing Hong Kong to Singapore? I don't know. All of them have got... All of them have got... For sure. Yeah, great yeah. Great pluses and great minuses. I mean... Singapore, I class as home because I went there first. If I'd gone to Japan Fair, first, yes. I probably would have thought Japan was probably the best place. Coming from the UK, you get seasons, it's cold, it's hot, you get autumn, yeah. you get winter, spring. Singapore is just, rains doesn't rain, 35 yeah. degrees every single day. Yes. Um, but coming to Singapore first, I absolutely love Singapore and it was, you know, and the efficiency and the ease and the Shit cleanliness, works. as much as everyone says it's so sterile, it actually, it's, it's, it's nice after a while. It, but so, then coming back here, I'm, I'm loving the whole roughness of everything back again. You know, it's swung straight back round to the whole, right, well, you know, there's people bibbing and everyone, you know, and people <laughs> overtaking, you overtake on the inside. And it's, you know, it's just, it's again, it's back to reality versus this clinical. So I, I had the reverse experience. I did Hong Kong first and grew up in Hong Kong. So that was my, that was my education, if you like. Right. And it's, it's fast. It's, it's electric. It's greedy. It's powerful. It's just go, go, go to go from that. And it was fun and free to go to that sterile, clinical, controlled Singapore culture for me was a which complete Which slows athlete. right down. Yeah, yeah I was just like, I couldn't down. handle that. And then, but you, I go going to, back then, then you go now. to the boards of Malaysia and it's basically world stops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does the earth spin? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> well, we'll get back to that. Yeah. So you enjoyed Hong Kong now? Yeah, I did. I, I yeah. loved Hong Kong, yeah. Were you on the island? I was on the island and then the office moved over. Yeah, I was always on the island, okay. living on the island, yeah. So cool. what was the reason? So then you came to Phuket. So then I went back to Singapore and then okay. just decided the whole corporate world, I've had enough of it, just tired of it. I've done, been doing it for the same company for 20 years and 10 years in London before that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just had enough, too difficult, too hard. The, the, the enjoyment factor versus the reward factor was just very unbalanced yeah. at that point. It just tipped over. It was hard work going into work every day. It's just not enjoyable. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've loved my job every single day of my life, and, you know, until the point where all of a sudden it's all compliant heavy, too restriction heavy, can't do this, can't do that. You go into work expecting to get told off every day versus going to work trying to be entrepreneurial and, and making a business. So I sort of put my hand up and said, oh, I'm done, I've had enough of it. I want to escape from it all for a little while and have a break. I mean, as probably the same as you, I left straight from school, went straight, I had two weeks off of school straight to, straight to work. So I've never had this whole, oh, I'm going to swan around university, then take a year out and go traveling. I mean, I've done it from day one all the way through. So my having a year out was coming to Phuket two years ago and going, right, I'm taking a break or I'm having a breather from everything and just chilling out. And that was it? You went to, you went to come here and just do nothing? Uh, I'm not one of those people that can do nothing. I've always got to be doing something, but something that I want to do versus yeah. having to get up and run. Working, working in the trading industry, 7 o'clock you wake up, 8 o'clock this market opens, 8.15 this market, 8.30, 9 o'clock, 9.15, 10.30 closes, then 11 o'clock closes, and, 12, and I mean, you're controlled completely by the clock. And I mean, I've had that. I still wake up now at 6 o'clock every single day, although I don't have to. It's just embedded. All right, all right. Don't done. have to brag about I'll it. I go back to bed, trust me. <laughs> yeah. But I wake up, you know, get up, go for a piss, go back to sleep. But <laughs> the, um, but still, it's a, you know, it's a 6 o'clock embedded alarm clock. I don't even need an alarm yeah. clock. I'm awake. Um, but then it was just, right, I'm coming here. I'm just going to chill out. And think about I've got the family next. and the missus here as well. I mean, I was backwards and forwards to Singapore doing bits and pieces um, and then but, doing the commute so, until yeah. COVID hit. Hang so, on, just, you, you skipped a, a bit. Your first daughter from your first wife Yeah. in Tokyo. Yeah. There's a five-year gap. Then there's a there's an eight-year gap and then we've got the 10-year-old. Oh, sorry, an eight-year yeah. gap even. Okay, so yeah. who, where did you meet your current, I'm assuming, from current here, wife? Yeah. Just in case I get that. Yeah, 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 current, yeah. I'm okay. not going through that again. I'm yeah. <laughs> I've done that exercise, tick the box, right. not again. When those lists come through on social at- media, have you done this, have you done this? <laughs> yeah, I've done the divorce bit and I've found somebody else. Yeah, those boxes are both. <laughs> I've got, I got one more to go on that. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Kids, yeah, max out of four. Don't do any more than four. It's enough. I, do you know what I would like four? I've got two at the moment. I would like, then again, I need to tick the second box before I can get the, the next two to add to the two. But I'm not sure I want to do that yet. Don't look at me like that because I can see your face. You're shaking your head. No. So when did you meet your current girlfriend? That, stroke wife. wife. Yeah. wife. You married? Wife. Yeah, yes, wife, that's, yeah. Like, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, here on one of my weekend. One of your forays. One of my weekend ah, okay. commutes, yeah. And when you were commuting over here, where were you staying? Were you in this area? Were you yeah, I've got, a place, I've got a place up on, um, in Chomtawan. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So okay. you bought that already? Yeah, a long time ago, yeah. Okay. Well, say bought it. Say yes. bought it, yeah. Bought it, own it, no. Bought Th- that's it. not going does down it that exist? road, yeah. No, it doesn't. We won't go into that one now. It's another hour-long conversation, <laughs> if not a couple of years' worth of conversation. We'll get you yeah. on the Phuket yeah. Property Podcast to discuss yes. it. There's, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a bed there in, in a property that I don't own that's got walls around it, and I paid for it. Yeah, yeah, ish. <laughs> i got a couple of those as well. <laughs> so you'd got that, then you met your now, now wife. wife. Yeah. And then you just you were just going back and forth every couple of weekends or so, and, just, Correct, and then yeah. it was just two years ago. You went, enough's enough. I'm done. I'm going yep. to come in with no plans at all of what to. And also, sorry, my other question would be: Was your wife here in Phuket during yes. this time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was here. Then she started doing the commute back and forwards. Um, so I've I've had as much as going into banking as you said earlier. Well, what do you do? And you what do you do when you're sort of relaxing? And I said I can't. 
So I had four bars running at the same time in Singapore while I was doing my banking business, um, which I reckon I've outlived Harry's because my, my bar lasted 18 years in, East, in the East Coast for a long, long wow. time. It was like an institution and then the three others, which were a disaster. <laughs> um, How easy is it to do? I've not lived in Singapore. I've only been there on holidays, which I love Singapore. But how is it to do business like a bar there? Very easy, but expensive. Okay. Super expensive, yeah. I would never recommend anyone going into F&B in Singapore unless you've got a huge cash flow. Well, um, best way to make a big, for, a small fortune in Rental kills you. Employment bigger. kills you now, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, you got rid of those? Got rid of all of those, yeah. Told the missus I never want to go into F&B again, and then she forces me into another bar just up the road here. So now we've got a bar <laughs> running here. Hold oh, on. <laughs> Which is right. great. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Do you so, have a bar um, here? Which well, one? well, we've got technically we've got a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has got a very limited menu. <laughs> so we have we have a restaurant that has um, a, a wine bar on one hand side and a pool table on the other, on two pool tables on the other side. Which is Wh- your bar? Which is yours? Barn Fadang. The new one just up Opposite here. Burger oh, King. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Other so, burgers are available. So my missus loves playing pool and's out all night playing pool, and I like drinking. So we decided, right, well, if we're going to do it, which I was very anti, she was like, well, I'm going to open something. Okay, well, I'll open the wine bar on the right hand side. You can have the pool side. You can have the pool table gotcha. side. And we're going to come into your wine stuff in a minute. Now, uh, were you a which bit of a, a drinker of wine beforehand? Um, Would you call yourself a connoisseur or just a, a B.A.B. from Essex? <laughs> <laughs> alcoholic? Can alcoholic, does alcoholic fit in? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. in there. I'm more of a connoisseur of vodka, but yeah, I like my wine. Yeah, right, gotcha. Okay. So why don't you open a vodka bar? Yeah. Um, the aircon bill would be huge if you had to open up a, uh, fr- a freezer bar. Yeah. Nuts. You see any fridges for the wine? But wine's expensive here. Not, Not as, as much as it used Singapore. to be. Oh, is it really? Oh, dear Singapore's God. More expensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Singapore is insanely expensive for yeah. alcohol. So, um, two years ago, this is hard to work this timeline out, Russ. You're good, and you're good with math, so... <sighs> Not. Two years ago... No, you, I was in banking. I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> two, two years ago, you came here with the... I know you said you, you, you just wanted to have some time off, but your brain was thinking about what to do. Yeah. All your Singapore stuff, you'd shut down. Correct. So, you came here and think, right, I'm going to spend some time here, relax and see what I want to do. Yeah. But knowing you were going to do something. Correct, yeah. Okay. But Where you did, still didn't know what... Um, I had an inkling for, I had, well, I'd had the interest from um, the guy that invented wine save, which maybe we'll talk about shortly in a minute, lived in Chomtawan at the time, who wanted to retire, so I basically bought him out of his business. Um, so I took that on, which is a wine preservation system or a wine preservation company. Well, let's get on to that now then, okay. while we're here. So, wine save, yeah. it's a wine preservation company, isn't it? I didn't know they were on the verge of going extinct. Correct. So if, basically, if you open a bottle of wine... Well, and you back, want to, back to the T-Rexes with a short yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're being silly. If you, um, if you open a bottle of wine or a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of sake, for example, and you don't drink the whole thing, and trust me, for every dollar I got for somebody saying, well, I finished the whole bottle, I wouldn't actually have to worry about the business anymore. But saying that, it's, my answer to that one is always, it's not the first bottle, it's when you want to glass out the second bottle is yeah. when you want to use wine safe. Yeah. So wine safe is just 100% argan gas in a handheld can. Okay, what's argon? Argon, this is going back to science lessons at school now. Argon is, is just 100%. It's an inert gas. It doesn't mix with anything. It doesn't mix with oxygen. It's heavier than the air we're breathing, although we are breathing argon in the, now. Uh, 1% of what we breathe is argon gas. So what we do is we liquefy the air we breathe, draw the argon off the bottom, and then 
and then just gasify it back up again, put it into cans. And then you've got a 100% natural way of um, stopping oxidation on anything. I thought an argon was what rich people had in their kitchen, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> you're going to have a slurp of your coffee while I try to... Roommate a question in your yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, try to think Okay, so you open, a, bo- you open a bottle of wine. No, 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 I understand. The, but, but After where two does or three st- days, it starts going bad and starts slowly becoming more like vinegar. Yes. Unless you put the, oh, but if you put the cork in, that doesn't do anything then? It doesn't do anything because right. the oxygen is still deteriorating the wine. Right. Okay, so oxidization I understand because then I can relate that to rust in, in boats in water, which is another yeah. topic we'll get onto boats later. Okay, so the argon so creates argon, a... It makes basically an invisible seal between oxygen to whatever you're protecting. It's almost like putting an invisible bit of clean film over a Correct. bit of chicken. Yeah, completely. Okay. okay. So we use... Strangely enough, fat, so... Um, Wine save, obviously, we, we push for wine. We've then developed it or rebranded or rebranding and creating different colors for sake because sake always comes in big bottles. Sorry, you're saying sake? Sake save? Sake, as in Japanese okay. white spirits. Sake? Yeah. Sake, yeah. Sake, okay, well, you're sake. just saying it posh, that's oh, all. No, Essex. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of sake, Same mate. thing. So we're, we're rebranding it to a sake save and a wine save just literally stops oxidation. A lot of people I've found, people that make their own almond milk use it for protecting their almond milk. People that buy organic milks from the supermarket yeah. using wine save to protect. Um, this weekend, somebody said to me, oh, actually, we're, um, we buy wine save to protect, although it's not available here, but the liquid for their vape sticks, <laughs> they use wine save to stop it oxidi- oxidizing. So, yeah, it's just, so anything oxidizing, we, strawberries, for example, where you can put in a Tupperware container and spray wine save into them, you'll keep them for weeks versus two days in the fridge before they start going furry. I mean, anything, coffee beans, coffee beans oxidize. Yeah. So there's lots of things down the road, but I just don't have the money to sort of develop produce save but, or develop so champagne save. Yeah. Or. Russell and I, we're having a night in together. He's looking all buff in his six pack. Did you see the pictures? Six, oh yeah. Yep. With his pyjamas on his over, pajamas the, over on. the kitchen counter. If you haven't seen those pictures, please go to Russell's yeah. Facebook page. and You'll never at, be able to unsee him again. No, yeah. you never will. Handsome though, handsome. I, I do like the way you're referencing me a lot, and not the girlfriend. But that's that's fine. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything about her. <laughs> kick my ass, to be fair. That is also true. Whereas you, I think I can outrun you, um, <laughs> especially in your funky yellow vans. Oh my yellow vans! Where's my question going? Oh, we're having a night in together. I'm on his washboard stomach, <laughs> cuddling my ear just against his spooning. Oh, if you want a spoon, we're having troll time. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Basically, we're just having gay fun. We drink a bottle of wine. We get one of your, and it's a, you say it's a canister. Yeah, it's a can. So, right, yeah. so it's once it's used once. How? What's the so each process? Can, each can has 151 second sprays in. So, <laughs> So then I can aerosol. Literally, one, a one second release of argon will protect a bottle of wine. So, okay. for one can saves 150 bottles. So, if you're at home and having your gay moment, and Russ wants a red and you want a white, but you don't want to open them because it's so expensive here. We both like pink. When Nothing wrong with pink, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Rosé all day. Yeah. Um, you know, just if you want to open a red and you want to open up a white and you're not going to finish the bottle, then you just spray a, a one-second spray into that, that bottle and you can keep it for I'm days, if not weeks. like a, a can of deodorant spray, right? But you just, it's a, a, a similar one-time principle. spray. Yeah, similar principle, right? But you're just spraying that into the top of the bottle. Yeah. And that's it. 
Correct. Just put the bottle back in the fridge. But little... an aer- uh, uh, deodorant is an aerosol. We're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. pressurized gas. But we're argon is in the air now. It doesn't mix with the wine. It just sits on just the sits top on the and top. creates this barrier. But I don't yeah. have to put the, the cork back in the, the bottle. The cork you would put back in, yeah. yeah. Okay. You put the cork, you spray for a second, cork straight back in, or a wine stopper, <laughs> or, you know, or, or the screw cap back on, and then it just sits there in the bottle and stops oxidation, yeah. And then once we've used our 150 bottles, which will take probably Russ and I, because as we're both massive Sorry. drinkers. Oh, go Before on. Before you go to that, in terms of process, I've had one glass of wine out of my bottle. Yeah. Spray in the argon. It sits on top of the remaining wine. Yeah. Put the cap back on, back in the fridge. Yeah. Next day I go out, I pour another glass of wine. Yeah. But I only the argon want... dissipates. The argon dissipates. Yeah. Okay. So you got... Yeah, Next yeah. spray. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Why are you only having one glass at a time? I, I'm, I'm doubt I would, but I was just asking the question to make sure you had to re. I'm guessing you had to redo it every single time. Jeroboam is a Barolo. No, you're going to want to keep that, right? So That's you need yeah. To spray, yeah. Large bottles. I was trying to work out who Gerard Brown is. <laughs> Did he manage Liverpool once? I don't know. I was going to say, he was up front for someone. Um, so for home, it's great if you're, you know, if, if each of you are drinking something different or you want a glass of champagne or something yeah. and then you, you put your, your champagne stopper back in, use the same principle. If you're a restaurant and a bar and you're using house pour or you're, you're pouring and certainly at the moment with COVID where the turnover is not there or for that matter, if we're not allowed to sell alcohol and you've already opened all of these bottles of wine yeah. and you can't open for four weeks, then... Does it, how, long, that, yeah, yeah. how long does it last? There's no fixed dynamics to it, but it's weeks. Okay. days to weeks it just depends on the quality of the wine I mean if you've got a 1960 bottle of wine you, the oxidation period on that is sort of like an hour yeah you know you've got something that's sort of in the mid mid to high end range then you're going to keep it for four weeks no problem and then if it's sort of like on the lower end it lasts and assuming yeah. that this argon doesn't have any flavour and doesn't taint the, the liquid any yeah, no flavour no, no, no colour no flavour it's basically cans of nothing you're selling nothing. You're selling cans of nothing. I'm selling cans of nothing. That's, that that's a hell of a trade. That protects everything. Yeah. Well, you're not selling it technically. There's a company that's selling it, which you're part Correct, of. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's like selling ice to Eskimos. Or yes. penguins to polar bears. which And they can't get the wrappers off. That's true. Very true. Have you ever taken that thing with a penguin where you bite one corner off and the other corner off and you can suck drink Every out time of it? you bring up penguins, you mention that. But it's like a chocolate straw then. It's really nice. Yeah. Okay, good. Never tried that. Okay. You you're should. Miss, mate, you're missing out. Um, although you can't get penguins here, you have to buy the Australian ones, which are nah. yeah, ta- Tim Tams. Yeah, no, crappy. not good. Yeah. Yeah. Australian. Same nah. with them. You mentioned about champagne, as I point to you. So yeah. it doesn't affect the carbon dioxide, the bubbles. The it's not going to stop the bubble. The bubbles are, are separate. You still need a good champagne stopper. It'll, it'll protect champagne the same as it would a wine in terms of flavour. The bubbles, it's not going to keep in. I okay, mean, so I couldn't put it in my can of Coke, which I've got in front of me, and then the argon would protect that and it'd be bubbly. No, the carbonation no. is not going to help okay. carbonation. So no, it's purely just to stop yet. the oxidation of and the... I've got the stoppers if you need stoppers. <laughs> Are they branded? I'm only having if they've got a little brand on them. Mm, they have got a brand on, yeah. It's Good. a company out of... Australia. It's coming out of the UK at make them, actually, called Avena. Oh, get them branded Very up with your logo on it. Um, not mine. <laughs> is there any other... Uh, benefits or any other kind of selling points that people should go and buy a wine safe one of one of the, one of the good things at the moment with lockdown is people that are buying wine if they're on a virtual zoom class and they're doing a wine tasting or people are trying to learn about wine you want to go in and go into you know drink and co when they can or go into bbnb and buy sort of four or five different types of wine and sit there and try it it's an amazing yeah. it's actually i would recommend everybody to try and do it 
is just buy two or three, four different types of wine and just try them out. So you start understanding what wine's about because you haven't then got to worry about, well, I've opened that whole bottle, so I'll drink it. So I'm not yeah. going to try something else. So having four yeah, or five and you, you know, you buy a wine safe, you have a glass out of this one, try it, test the next one, try it, wine save them all and try it again next week. Where is it available from? Uh, you can get it, it well, around, around, you can buy it online, you can come direct, or you can buy it around here, it's in Drinking Co, it's in Lucas. Okay. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the restaurants around here are all using it for the buy the glass wines, so they can. But keep for their a wines private perfect. consumer, if I want to buy it for the house, where would I go and buy? You can go onto onto the wine save website. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, or just reach out directly. It's a nice I'll present help, for help, someone, yeah. I think. Yeah. Who yeah. people that do like? I mean, I'm not a wine drinker, so you know, it's not something for me. But my old man is a massive wine drinker mm. and yeah. likes a lot of bottles and has some very good bottles, and that's a kind of a really cool gift to get someone. You mentioned about using it for whiskies as well. Yes, yeah, so something I learned in my whole path of taking this business on was whiskey. Actually, how it all started is I was hand delivering the wine say when I started the business up in Singapore, it's just because I wanted to know how people have heard what the company, how where they heard it from, where they where they saw the advert, you know, what they want it for, and basically fifty percent of the people were buying it for whiskey. Oh wow! And I mean, I know Singapore can be quite pretentious in oh, well, yeah. you know, I'll, I want the new gadget, I want something better than the next person. But what I'd learned from hand delivering these out, I'd, I'd drive around. Oh, here's your wine save. You know, can I just ask? You know, where do you hear from? Where did you hear about us? And what you when you open a bottle of whiskey, and I mean Asians as a whole are whiskey mad. Yeah. I mean, you go when we can travel again now, and you go back to Singapore. There's a whole store, two stories high, full up floor to ceiling in whiskeys in Changi Airport. It's it my is incredible, place. absolutely incredible. That's where I get It's a learning from. curve on its own. Yeah, just yeah. spending a couple of hours in the duty free. <clears throat> Um, it's the only airport in the world where you don't mind being delayed and hanging out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, unbelievable. And they, everyone told me, the minute you open a whiskey, the dynamics change. And I, I said, well, I've had whiskey sitting on my shelf at home for 10 years, 15 years. But the people that, that study and drink whiskey and are buying these two, three, four, five thousand dollar $5,000 bottles of whiskey, they're, you know, they know the fact, they know when it changes and whether it changes for the better or for the worse. But they open this bottle, taste it, Wine save it, put put the stopper back in, and then and it's back in. In all shop. fairness, when I've had a whiskey, it has changed the dynamics of a lot of girls that I've been looking at. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact I'm invincible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't like whiskey. I have to say, I'm not. It makes me um, heave every time I even smell it or taste it. But you're no, a whiskey no, man, I'd, yeah. Because I, I got you a present for your whiskey, didn't you? I got a Darth. Uh, you what did. What did I get you? A stormtrooper. Uh, no, the Death Star Cube. Death Star Cube Ice Cube. That's a nice present that was. Yeah. Different. Yeah, very different, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just one ice cube. It was a, a rubber mould that you I'll can leave it there, leave it there. We'll leave gimp suits and rubber <laughs> moulds or something else. <laughs> so, yeah. if you want a wine, say, we'll put the links in the description Or a rubber below. gimp yeah, suit. Yeah, sure. <laughs> go and check yeah. it out because I think it's, yeah, it's something, look, for me, it's not, I'm not a wine drinker, but for mm. your whiskey. Yeah. I'm just thinking the same thing. I've got three bottles of whiskey sitting in the cupboard at home. All of which yeah. are opened. And I, I wonder whether, I mean, there's two sides. If you've got a, regardless of the quality of a wine, for, you know, anyone, you know, once a wine's gone, that's it's pretty visceral. Whereas I wonder with a whiskey over a period of time, those that really know the industry might be able to taste, yeah, that's been open a couple of days longer than that one. Whereas the likes of us. I, wouldn't, we, I couldn't tell. I mean, no, I, I, was quite, I was quite surprised about the whole thing, but it was, yeah. it was a valid point and took it on board. But I, couldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you the no, difference. No, me neither. I'm not a connoisseur. Especially after the third glass. <laughs> yeah. So you met this guy, you bought into this business or you bought him out. 
Yeah. Keep these busy. Is that the only thing you're doing at the moment? Um, <laughs> Funny you should mention that. Yeah. Well, I've now, I've now, having free time for me is a dangerous thing because I end up throwing myself into more projects and more things that you know I don't know anything about. I'm always up for a steep learning curve, which clearly I've done after learning about F and B and businesses in Singapore. So and being married twice. And married twice <laughs> and four girls. Um, yeah, so now I'm um, now I'm into boat building and just started into the whole venture of boat when, building. When, why, when, how? Because we've known each other for a couple of years, or since you know, I think it was since Blue Tree opened. We kind of. Well, I'm, at, I'm actually waiting for Blue Trees to buy one so I can go and clean the lagoon with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about Blue Tree today. <laughs> I've got in my head in the well, you've got a few days off now. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks that. for that. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And uh, thanks to the non-vaccinators who sent me a few messages as well. Oh, I've, got, I've got my second today, so I'm fully, good for you. Uh, fully vaccinated. Good. Yeah. Anyway, why the hell Would you get did into you get boat into boats? Because um, not once in this 40-minute chat that we've been having have you ever mentioned water, boats, boats sailing. sailing, yachting. We live in Phuket. How can you not have a boat in Phuket? I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer, yeah, really. Okay, you might have one boat, but not... A boat building company is slightly different from me and Russ going, hey, Russ, do you want to go boat and get a building so straight off the bat? Okay, so let's, um, let's, let's or backtrack on this one. So the whole concept of this was being able to manufacture and produce affordable boats for everybody. I mean, I've loved boats. I had, I've had boats or, you know, I've had boats personally myself all my life. I've had inboard boats in the UK. I mean, unpleasure. An unpleasant experience having a boat in the UK is it's always freezing cold, pissing down with rain, or it's just just horrible. And it's not one of those places you jump off the side and go for a swim. Unless Trust you, me, yeah. I worked in the Thames Estuary. I know what it's like. <laughs> I've taken a boat up the Thames oh, Estuary a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so I've always had, had boats. I had a boat in Singapore. In fact, I'm probably one of the only people that's ever had a boat sink in Singapore. So it was, that was oh, my nice. experience. Um, Funny enough, weekends in Thailand, and I get a phone call at seven o'clock in the morning while I'm in Koh Phayam saying, um, You've got to get your boat out of the lagoon. I said, Well, what are you talking about? Well, it's underwater and it's about to leak fuel everywhere. Well, how did that happen? Oh, it's been going under for a few days while you've been away, but we forgot to tell you. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for that. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a, the perfect storm, no pun intended. Did you leave the bung out? <laughs> uh, actually, what happened was the, um, the bait box, which has got small rubber, it was a, it was a, a 50 cent seal basically that sunk the boat yeah um, that'll do it yeah so yeah so just okay. for clarity you're in you've got your own I boat I put out on my CV as well yeah sunk, sunk a boat sunk a boat in Singapore you've got your own <laughs> boat building business so yeah boat building business now and so your I boat hope- sank this was a boat in Singapore, not one of the ones I'm building. Learn from, yeah. You've been bitten by a dog, Russ. Don't start giving me that stuff. not yet. <laughs> Have you never been bit by a dog? No. I've been really? nipped, but never bitten, bitten. Oh, nipped. That's biting. No, it's definitely fucking not. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, it's a good trainer then, obviously. So the idea is to build boats that's affordable for eight people that live in here or people that have bought villas or whatever else. So, I mean, we're, we're building uh, aluminium catamarans at a price that everyone can afford versus your 15 million bar, 20 million bar boats that everyone dreams of having. Um, we've got sort of day boats that are great for people to go out on or families to own and we'll look after them. They're built here, they're maintained here. Um, but what... Why? Yeah. Well, who were you talking to um, one night and just went, John, let's, let's start Love a boat. Love that idea. Yeah. It was, it was literally one of those conversations. Yeah, well, I've been building boats for a long 18 years in Phuket, um, looking for some investment um, to 
scale up a little bit and to build a new design and everything else. And yeah, just went for the bait and the hook line and the sinker and went for it. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's really cool. You just jump in at the deep end. So well, literally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, they're um, yeah. So they're aluminium boats. They're sort of eight. Well, we can build and suspect to whatever Lu- else. But Luna, Luna, Luna craft. craft yeah. yeah. But the one we've got at the moment, which is on the water, is just an open 26 metres or oh, 26 metres of open deck. You know, 15 people on it, bean bags, all the kids. Take your dogs, take your mountain bikes, put a moped on it, whatever you want to do. do the mountain bikes can do very well on the water. No, but the thing is, is joking, yeah, joking, yeah, joking, I'll do that again, yeah, <laughs> joking aside, that, and, and this is something I've always found about living here in Phuket, going out sailing is not really sailing, you're island hopping. You're going from yes. island to island to island to island. That's why long tails are really good because you just shove all your stuff in it. Yeah. Just go to the island, you bang it up on the beach, you get out, you go and do the stuff on the land. There's always restaurants there, there's always bars, there's always people selling stuff, whatever. Get back on your boat and you go again. So I always wondered why people would buy cabins. Oh, I need a cabin and I need a toilet. It's like Ours is a pure day boat, unless you want to put unless you want to put but, a tent up on the front of but it. But that's and the perfect yeah. boat for Phuket. It is Correct. an island hopping environment you want outboards outboard yeah for sure once yeah. again because never you can then never just, an inboard no you just drive straight up the beach you pull the outboard up job done well we don't we have we have no tide restrictions because we're only we're what very, very a shallow draft we're 30 30 centimeters wow okay so you can actually so get, get in, all in the and out of well. rpm in and out of boat lagoon on low yep. tide not a problem the engine's mounted higher so it sits up along the same height as the, the draft yep we can literally run straight up a beach, drop the front down, and off you go. Everyone comes out. Esky on the esky on wheels onto the beach. That's barbecue. all you need. That's a great model. And it's got floor space. I mean, a lot of these a lot of these boats you go out in, yeah, they're nice. Even a long tail, you're sitting there. You can't walk around. You can't yeah. sort of like run about around the boat and not worry about it. You know, climb up onto the roof, jump off, and in again. It's um, it's just pra- the whole thing is it's affordable, practical, and safe. It's the whole motto of, the, of Luna Crafts, which is similar to Wine Safe. Yeah. I'm assuming it's affordable. It's affordable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's safe. So it is safe, yeah. yeah. You're not going to die from argon, are you? I don't know, do you? No, you wouldn't die from argon. No, no. you'd have a Can hard I just, time. I, I would to like to, I, I think I would have liked the, no, of course you can't, to have come a little bit quicker. <laughs> you can't die from argon for me. Well, don't. So it's very interesting. Well, I don't know. If you put if you put two tubes up your nose and one in your mouth, <laughs> you sprayed all three cans at the same time. I, I tried a video about that. She was great. If people want to get your Lunar Craft, once again, you've got one at the moment? That people we have got have? one on the and water, where, yeah. Which, where this is, is it? down in Chilong at the moment. Okay, okay. Um, we are working on trying to find a permanent mooring in the next month or so up here. So, okay. Uh, the whole plan as well is to run... We're building three. We're, we're on three at the moment. We're building three at the moment. We've got one on the water, three to come. We're hoping to have one running out of Bantau for the whole high season. They're ideally there to sell to people, but I'm thinking, well, there's Charter. nowhere... There's nowhere in Bantau where you can go bar club hopping or sunset tours or out to the island. Yeah. So we're going to stick cruise, one cruise. out there and we can go Hugo Hub to Catch to Derek's uh, to you know Zana. Yeah, and the thing is they... just op- pick up, drop off, yeah. pick up, drop off the whole way. They did a couple of years ago when I was working at Zazdar Beach Club. They had, I think, Hype had their huge catamaran come down the, the west coast. But you're right. That was on Surin's... It was on, yeah, Zaza was suing Beach, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah? You, were the, you were the other end to me because I had salt. Oh, oh right. yes. Oh, so we're, we're in the Embaldozer gang. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I set much. that place Beach up and now. then he got knocked down. Yeah. Um, but, that, but there was never, a, like you said, there was never a little boat where you could just pop. Oh, yeah, they have a quick beer at Hugo Hut or a quick beer here. 
Because when I worked in Greece and Turkey, there was always these things where you jump on a little boat and you just go from little bar to bar to bar to bar to bar for the well, day. Well, this comes back to what you were saying just now about the whole boating industry here. There's nowhere where you can just go, well, I want a boat for the day. I want to go to Koyao Yai. I want to go to and go to the restaurant there, eat, come back. Yeah. There's no sort of like... Unless you get a long... No, yeah. there's a long, long tail. You get a long town, yeah. you can go and it's literally there. It's, it's not an experience. No. Yeah. So That's fantastic. my whole boating thing is to make it make it sort of a family experience or a group of mates and beanbags at the front. Yeah. And Do you know what I think is a great idea and I love the concept because it's it's such the right concept for Phuket, a boat like that. We should do a Jay the Shark and Friends and Russell podcast road trip. Do you know what we should do? Yeah, well, actually, leave it to me. Let me find a generator that can power it up and we'll go up to the sandbar for sunset and you can do a couple of interviews on there with a few deck chairs and a couple of bottles of um, soft drinks. Obviously. I'm in. I'm into. I'm in. I'm into. Right, Russ, your question then. So, what sort of things have you got on your bucket list then? Um, I've never done a private jet, which is something that's on my bucket list, which I'd like to do at some point. Not own it, just get on mine? one and go somewhere. You can borrow mine for a weekend. Right, right. Where would you great. like to go? Anywhere. But just how be long? On the jet. How long? <laughs> just be on the jet. But how long would you need to be on the jet to get that full experience, but not too long to get bored of it? Depends who you're on it with. <laughs> yeah. God, words right out of my you, mouth. You stick your Hansen on that plane. And yeah. I think a, a Phuket to, um, well, even a Phuket to Hong Kong or somewhere, or uh, yeah, I can, uh, three or four hours would be a yeah. pretty good experience. Or for okay. that matter, everyone does everyone does normally LA to Vegas or somewhere yeah. or something like that. I'm, I'm yeah. not a massive America fan, but. Okay. That's it, just a private bucket jet. Bucket list. Yeah, yeah, bucket list, private jet. I wouldn't mind doing a whole year, money, money, no money worry, travel around the world, sort of on and off wherever I wanted to go without having to worry about what's in the bank balance. Well, after this, your wine save and Lunar Craft are just going to... I don't think Lunar Craft will go over the Pacific, but maybe worth <laughs> giving it a go at some point. Around the world on Lunar Craft? Well, yeah, yeah. Why not? Has it got paddles on just in case? <laughs> Armbands. Yeah. <laughs> Armbands and fins. Oh, what about with the family? Any? I mean, obviously, COVID aside... Yeah, COVID, I mean, travels, travels really become, I mean, I obviously commuting every weekend for years and years, it's been quite a steep learning curve for me just being based in one place. And fortunately, it's here versus being in, I mean, Singapore would be quite a tough place to be in if, in lockdown. Yeah. And I know, I mean, a lot of my friends are Singapore and finding it very difficult. Ditto. Here, at least you can go out and you can go hiking up the mountain or you can go out and do some island hopping, you know, in the Phuket region or... Yeah go down to the beach or whatever it may be. So, I mean, here's absolute godsend to be locked down in any in any COVID situation. I reckon this is the best place in the world to be right now, yeah. to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Um, Not my experience this week, but that's because online <laughs> schooling with two kids has been an absolute yeah. craziness. Uh, bucket but... list. Getting the schools open would probably oh, be on the bucket list. Yeah. Wouldn't be nice. Be, you know, with, wouldn't it be with, nice? With three in school, yeah, yeah that'd be amazing. Things I'd like to do before I die, send my kids back, back to school. <laughs> Turn online but schooling it's okay. off. That's okay. They can go and do jujitsu now, and they can go and do you know all that stuff, but they can't go to school. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, let's not let's not go down that track. No, that's a whole no. other podcast. Balance, I think, for me is the um, is the bucket list. You know, play hard and work less. Have you, have you got any other sort of things in the pipeline? Work wise, other sort Ooh. of ideas that you're ruminating, or is it Good. a case of if it pops up, I'll look at it? Or um, at the moment, at the moment, I'm looking at. Uh, perhaps building up a more of a big wine trading business. At the moment, I do wine save and not wine, so no alcohol. It's just purely wine saves a non-alcoholic product. Yeah. Um, but then perhaps building into a 
more diverse wine portfolio in terms of selling to maybe super yachts or maybe selling to estates or gotcha. whatever or just trying to get a, big, a bigger wine business going with a couple of people that supply wine here yeah cool, cool. right stuff. thank you very much thank yeah, you for doing this that was we, awesome. I, you, we have talked about getting you on this podcast for a long time and it's me me that's been lacking but i'm pleased you come on no indeed I really well, am very yeah, much. Um, it's good it's really interesting I, I love the wine safe stuff i like the lunar craft a little bit more because that's kind of well we will get out and we'll definitely yeah, we do d- something and absolutely get a, you know get six or eight of your key people together and We'll try and do um, we'll try and do one on the sandbank. Yeah, Listen, no, if we can, like that'd be I, I, hilarious. That. Absolutely, brilliant. <laughs> I think we'll do it. It might have to be a late night version, so to speak, because there might be a little bit of um, participation of wine involved. Not when you're driving yeah, no, the boat, of course. So. No, 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 no alcohol for Thailand, but yeah, purely sunsets and sunsets and soft drinks on the sandbar. Mm. Absolutely, sounds good. We'll, um, we'll, we'll organise that. Let's. Well, weather's turning now, so the season's Absolutely, turning yeah. quickly. Mm. So I reckon. You give you let me know when's good, and we'll bring the boat up and um, go up on the sandbar and do something there. Come on, guys. Good call, Alex. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate Cheers, buddy. Catch you Thanks, soon. Thanks, Russ. Cheers, mate. Welcome to the outro. I need to pee. It's because you drunk lots of lots coffee of coffee while we was listening to Alex. That was cool. That was very cool. That I was like very cool. Alex. He's a nice guy. He's very cool. One, he's from Essex, which I always like, and two, I means no one's perfect, <laughs> but. I love the whole trade, proper trading stuff. Yeah, a, like proper, proper. He was a proper trader. He was on the floor back in the day. And I think the, the younger listener might not understand this, but I don't think we have that many younger listeners, to be fair. To be fair. No, no We didn't true. understand it. No, 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 that's very true as well. But no, very, very cool guy. And I love the story. And I love the fact he's then just come here and now he's kind of, yeah, let's see what else we can do and dipping his fingers in different pies. But the sort of character, though, that... And I think, uh, which is why I asked them towards the end, you know, what's in the pipeline, what's next? I think there will always be... Oh, there's always a what's next. Th- yeah, there's there'll a, always be something else he'll keep himself busy with. I don't want to use the word wheeler dealer because he's not a wheeler dealer in any way, shape. But, you know, he's Correct. not a market... I know, tra- I know, I know exactly do you know what I mean? What mean he's not yes. a market yeah, tradesman. Yeah. I use people who say... Boy. No, and if <laughs> I say, oh, you're from Essex, you're like, market, you know, tradesman, you're really so... It's like, you're a wide boy. But no, he's just, he's just a, a lad. He's just a boy. I love him. Yeah. Really, really cool guy. Really cool guy. But and we are going out on the boat with him. I very much am And we that. will podcast on that. He showed I us a picture of the sandbar where we're going to somehow get a generator and we're going to do a podcast on that sandbar. I'm not sure who we're going to podcast or when, but we're going to do it before it the end of this year. It might just be you and I and that'll be fine. Absolutely fine. As long as I'm sat on that sand in the blazing heat, sweating, <laughs> with my laptop exploding. <laughs> Anyway, I like Alex. I really like him. And yeah. go and check out the wine. Good podcast. Save. Yeah, it was a good. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Russ. Yeah, it was good. It was mate. good. It was, it was great. taking us 90-odd tries, Wicked, but mate. we've got one. <laughs> yeah. But go and check out Wine Save. If you are a wine connoisseur or a whiskey connoisseur like yourself, Russell, then mm-hmm. a Wine Save yep. is a really good idea. It does make sense. I, I will, I'm certainly going to try it myself. Definitely for wines. Definitely. Absolutely. I, I'm not a big wine drinker. If someone wants to give me a bottle of wine to try it, and I'm very happy to <laughs> go ha- happy and to, yeah. happy to try. And, well, actually, I would say wine safe for you would be uh, quite a useful thing because you're not going to drink a whole bottle of wine. That's probably true. That's so probably there you go. And actually, when I was working at Zazadar Beach Club, it would have been a perfect thing to have there mm-hmm. as well because the amount of bottles of wine that you were just opening and just well, like he was saying, I mean, just any, any of the restaurants, I mean, they've usually got a couple of different bottles of house house wine. That's, they're all going to be open, right? So it makes perfect sense to have that. It does make sense. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. And, great, then, like, and then idea. there's a boat stuff as well. Yeah, <laughs> and he owns a bar, and he's got a bar, My which God. I've been. I've oh, sorry, he owns a restaurant. He owns a restaurant which has a bar in it. But I, I mean, I drive past that every day, 
And it was, like I said, only a few weeks. So I thought, well, that looks like a new place. I wonder how that's getting on. And that was just before that last round of everything shutting down. And I remember, so, uh, obviously, whoever's opening that, it's a shame for them. Like, just opened, had to close. So, but, all right, now I know it's here. So, yeah, we can, might have to frequent when we're allowed to. Good guy. Like him a lot. Yeah. Really nice, really bubbly. Good um, egg. Good egg? Good egg. Ah, uh, see, he's no, he's, he's a boy, mate. He's a good egg. He's a top, he's a top lad. Yes. Nice one. He's a proper geezer. Proper geezer. And actually, I didn't get to Essex, did I? Do you know no. what I mean? I am now, though. Aren't I? Cheers for that, mate. See you next week. Nice one, mate. Yeah, nice one, brother. You know what I mean? All the best, sweetheart. Jog on. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll see you next week, I guess. But can I do the outro bit before we do the see you next week? Do you still need to go to the toilet? I do, yes. Oh, very right, good. desperately. But uh, so can you so like very us quickly. <laughs> you can like us on Facebook. Go to Jayla Shark and Friends. Or go to Twitter and Instagram where we're Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is... I would argue that the best place to go would be if you hadn't, if you didn't know this, this already. This is your own time you're wasting, by <laughs> the way. That's a good point. <laughs> really right? Need, I really need to pee. Dot com. No, um, phuketpodcast.com. Thanks. You're welcome. You can go now and I'll do that. I'll finish this split off if you like. Well, this is always a bit, I say we should, dare I say, pre-record. Like a real jazzy thing about Phuket Podcast. Oh, do you know what? What I'll do is, because we're coming up to our 100th episode... Um, for the 104th episode, because to me that's the bigger one, is yes, the 104. No, absolutely. I will I think get, everyone listening would agree with that. I will ask our friends at the um, PUPA, which is the Phuket Academy of Performing Arts, to produce us some brand new intros and outros with a musical jingle along with it. Are you happy about that? Not Good. as happy as I'm going to be in a minute when I go for a pee. Thank you very much. Listen, Russell's just left and he's gone for a pee. No, I haven't. Go on. Bye. Bye, Russell. I'm not going <laughs> On that note, thanks, listener. He's gone now. Uh, thank you to Bake for having us again. We love Bake. Russell's gone. He's walking off. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>